What is Sonic and why should a network engineer or architect care about it? The introduction of Sonic brings significant benefits for data center operators. In 2016, Microsoft developed software for open networking in the cloud, better known by its acronym Sonic, for its Azure cloud data centers. In 2022, Microsoft ceded oversight of the project to the Linux Foundation, who will continue to work with the OCP Open Compute Project for continued ecosystem and developer growth. Despite its increased profile since 2017, Sonic's growth has mostly been focused among large hyperscalers and enterprises that have the resources to build their own automation and management tools. And, according to Forbes, has been the preserve of hardcore networking geeks. So what is Sonic? What makes it unique? And how can businesses make the most of it to cut costs and improve efficiency? This is the Critical Lowdown. So we're joined today by a regular guest, and that's a senior systems engineer, Barry McGinley. So Barry, how are you? Good, Dara, thanks. So Barry, Sonic has been getting a lot of focus over the last few years for its potential, and this focus was sharpened this year, uh, or last year, I should say, when it was revealed that Microsoft were ceding oversight of the Sonic project to the Linux Foundation. Um, yet Forbes magazine seems to think that it is still, quote, mostly known to hardcore networking geeks and has limited management tools. Uh, so we're going to get to the bottom of that today, hopefully, and I hope you don't mind me characterizing you as a hardcore networking geek, because I know you are somewhat of an expert in this. So the first question is then, can you explain to our listeners, just in a simple way as you can, what is Sonic? Yeah, okay, so Sonic is so it stands for software for open networking in the cloud so that's s-o-n-i-c and it was created by by microsoft in about 2016 for a specific task so microsoft wanted basically to move away from the usual vendor lock-in and it was basically a test as well so they were just doing their top of rack switches so very simple feature set um so that's how it started then uh, Microsoft um, open sourced it. I think they, I think it started. I think they gave it to the OCP before they gave it to the Linux Foundation. And um, I remember the OCP doing something with it, and obviously the Linux Foundation run it now. But yeah, so it's a, a network operating system, and it was started specifically for a specific task uh, within Microsoft Azure sites, and that was Topperac sites. Obviously, it's moved on um, an awful lot from from then. That's seven years ago, and I'm sure we'll get into talking about uh, about where. It, where it's changed and where it's gone as we as we move along in the podcast. Yeah, so you've mentioned their vendor lock-in um, and a specific task. What what sort of challenges were Microsoft trying to solve when they developed Sonic? Yeah, so vendor lock-in being a big one. Um, so being held over a barrel by by Juniper and Cisco and uh, and Dell and the likes. I know Dell say they're involved in open networking, but they're not really. So I suppose what the, the first one was was vendor lock-in. Um, the second part, I suppose scalability. So, so what they were trying to do was, as I said, it just started with top of rack switches. So top of rack are the ones that sit just above the servers and connect into the servers. So you don't need a huge feature set. So said to themselves, well, why don't we build our own operating system? And they built a thing called Psi as well, the switch abstraction interface, which basically allowed Sonic to sit on just about any piece of hardware. So I don't know, I don't think on the, the hardware interoperability list is like 150 boxes now or something, but it's basically every vendor that's involved in open networking. So you have Edge Core, 
Eufy Space, Celestica, Delta, and the list goes on and on and on. Quanta. Yeah, so scalability was a big thing as well. So being able to do this over multiple sites, again, Azure is huge, obviously, and being able to do the same thing over these multiple sites is really important. And um, then I suppose automation was another part so they could link in with their automation tools. So the, I, I, the idea of Sonic as well is it's very easy to plug into. So when we're looking at our telemetry or automation, it's very, very easy to link in with the operating system. And again, obviously interoperability was a would be a big thing. So that's kind of goes along with the telemetry and automation that they're not stuck with one vendor. They can build their own tools because you can imagine as well how many engineers Microsoft has to work on this thing. And then it, then I suppose what we saw as well was, so Microsoft were the first ones to deploy it, then LinkedIn, eBay, Alibaba, Tencent. So obviously what we're seeing here is people with an awful lot of engineering resources were able to do it. And this was kind of the idea of Sonic as well, is that LinkedIn took it, eBay took it. And what they did was add a couple of more features and add that back into the community. And um, which, and there's, there's lots of different versions of Sonic. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it in a few minutes as well. But yeah, I suppose the, the main things that we're looking to do is get rid of the vendor lock-in and um, easy scalability between all their Azure sites and then interoperability to link in with telemetry and automation, things like that. How does Sonic differ from, say, a another network operating system, like a more traditional network operating system? Okay, so they're, they're the majority of the, the open networking stuff is all Linux-based, and it is Linux-based, but that is kind of nearly where it stops. Um, and there has been open source operating systems, but this has had a very different birth, I suppose, um, to all the other ones. This was built, instead of being built by the OCP or the ONF or one of these kind of community groups, it was built by a company to solve their specific tasks. So it was working at scale and being deployed before it kind of went out to the community. Then, as I said, so what happened was big, big organizations, Tencent, Alibaba, um, eBay, took it over and then all add features back into the community. So it started to build and grow and um, with each kind of new deployment. And again, one of the big things for networking is that this is at each point, it's adding features, but it's working at scale while adding these features. So yeah, and just to give a little bit of background, there's a community version, and this is where the majority of guys, so Broadcom, Edgecore, Dell, whoever, uh, Mellanox, who's ever working on it, put those features back into that community, as well as the, the guys who are deploying it, like LinkedIn, Alibaba, and so on. So this, GitHub version, the open source version will grow and grow and grow, which can become a bit messy as well, which I'll which I'll touch on in a little bit. And then we have our commercial versions of it. So some of the open source ones that have been around before kind of stayed open source, whereas this one that kind of shows where that everyone in the open networking industry thinks this is going to be the de facto operating system that they've all started to build their own commercial versions because not everybody has those engineering resources like Alibaba and LinkedIn to go take a, an open source version, add in the features they want and take away the features they don't want. And mm -hmm. um, so we needed commercial versions. We needed hard and tested commercial versions. And we have them now. I have them a few years now from Broadcom, from Edgecore, from I think Dell and Mellanox had a version. There might be too many versions because you kind of want standardization here as well. You kind of want people to, to, 
is to run and use, especially like enterprises that don't have the technical resources, we want them to take it and run with it. And we want the more and more you reach this kind of critical mass. And now we've got a secure, well-used operating system that can be deployed in any data center. So maybe too many operating systems might hurt that a little bit, but we're kind of getting to that point where it we are seeing with enterprise data centers, not just big guys, that um that it's ready to go and it's being deployed. So so you've mentioned there a few few things about you know sometimes it can it can be a little bit messy. So what are the drawbacks of using Sonic as opposed to a traditional operating system? Yeah, so. I suppose that we get a lot of questions from guys saying, oh, it's open source. And so they're, they're looking to buy the hardware off us. They're looking to buy an edge core box, like a 25 gig, 73, 26 from edge core. And that's on the hardware interoperability list with Sonic. But then you've got, so they think it's free and you've got the GitHub version. It's not as easy um, as just putting the operating system on. You get everything. Basically, you get the full the full version, which is not what everybody wants. And as well, that full version hasn't really been tested or hardened. Um, so that is a bit of a problem. Most guys do want support. So then again, you have multiple multiple uh, commercial versions. So our thing would be to say, I think even for a year anyway, because you've usually won three or five year support. It's but you're better off buying a commercial version. And anyway, for a year or three years, testing it, getting used to it. And then more than likely, the idea is that that GitHub commercial or that open source version is going to be the one that's used down the road because it's going to be good enough. But at the minute, it's not. So and as well, it allows people one or three or five year support allows you to do your first cycle with Sonic with the ability to pick up the phone and ring a guy if there's a problem. Bug fix is coming in every couple of months, new versions coming in which are again tested at scale. Um, so yeah, the drawback at the minute is different versions, but the commercial versions are all good. So that's not a huge drawback. It's which one the customer has decided to use and whether that's a, the best one for their best fit for them. But I suppose it's the idea that this is open source, this is free, um, now send it to me and it's supposed to work perfectly. Open source never worked like that, never really does. Um, so yeah, so I think, but but people are open to be educated about it. So when we talk about the different versions that are out there, the Edge Core version, the Broadcom version, people are more than happy actually to take our advice and take their one or three or five year support. It's not a huge outlay for the software and having that backup to be able to pick up the phone for smaller guys is really kind of important um, once you explain it to them properly. So what, so, yeah, what but, do you say to them when you're explaining it to them? You want to be able to pick up the phone. It's as simple as that because, and because the open source version is a bit of a mess. It has everything on it. You need to, there are a lot of engineers working on it, but you need, you need to be able to call somebody if there's an issue. You need bug fixes. Um, and for the, for the time being, for the next cycle of hardware, so three to five years, personally, I don't think that the, the open source, the GitHub version is ready for, unless you have, the engineering resources. Yeah, I, I having done a very limited amount of programming in my university days, going through Stack Overflow is uh, is not something um, I would yes. recommend for anybody <laughs> with the nervous disposition. Big time. Yeah. So our partners Edgecore have released an enterprise Sonic, which you mentioned there, and how how does that differ from the community version of Sonic? So they've taken um, they've taken community Sonic. Like, I think Edgecore were one of the biggest contributors, uh, had the one of the most commits. 
to the community version. After Broadcom and Microsoft, they were next, um, which is obviously a huge amount of work because it was Microsoft's operating system. And this is this is Broadcom's baby. They sell, I don't know, 90 something percent of the switching ASICs okay. um, in the world. So it's in their interest that they sell these this open hardware um, because it's all there. Their ASICs, so they want this to work more than anybody. So that's why they would have um, the second or most amount of commits. As I said, the community version has everything. You get everything with it. Um, the Edge Core version, what they've done is they've actually just taken the feature set that they needed for a few different use cases and hardened that. And by hardened means they put them together and they tested and tested and tested and then, then deployed it at scale and tested again and did all their bug fixes well, well before releasing this to um, to the outside world. So um, and that's, as I said, that's the same as the, the what Broadcom have done. And I like what they've, what Edgecore have done in not trying to take on too much at the one time. So what they've done is they did three use cases. So overlay, um, and then with VMware, and that was it. And what they're doing in the background then is adding features for their next use cases. Instead of trying to throw everything out to the world all at the one time, they're specifically working on some use cases. And then once the the plan is, I think once the data center is covered, once we have the majority of use cases covered within within spine and leaf topology within the data center, they'll move on to campus networks and they'll move on to telecoms networks or, or at least some 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 form of routing. But that's a bit away. And I like that they're kind of not trying to eat the full cake. They're just taking a bit of it at the minute and make sure that works and getting big deployments and big successes with this certain version. And then they can move on and try and, and try and do it. Because that, the idea is that this becomes the operating system for everything like Linux with the with the server world. That's the goal. And I like that they're actually not being too greedy with it and not pushing it out when it's not really ready. And um, because that happens all too much in the open networking world, people shouting from the rooftops about about something, but they're trying to bite off too much um, mm. and they're trying to fit into loads of different areas. We've seen that the operating systems trying to work in data center, trying to work in campus enterprise networks, and then trying to do, do telecom stuff as well. Pick one, stick with it, get success, and then we can then we can uh, then we can look at the other areas. EPS Global, uh, we've recently launched something called Sonic Express. Uh, can you tell us what that is? The Sonic Express is Sonic on a box, and um, prepackaged basically. So, what we've always noticed, as you you know, we're involved in open networking for more than a decade, and what we've noticed, especially with the telecoms market, because that's where we're working a lot at the minute, is People don't want to be messing around with a piece of hardware and then they want the benefits of open networking, but they don't want the hardware and then talking to a software company and then dealing with licenses. And then when there's a problem, who do I pick up the phone to? Is it the hardware? Is it a hardware problem? Is it a software problem? And then most of the times it's quite easy to see whether it's a hardware or software problem. But this has worked bundling the software and the hardware has worked really well in the telecoms world. So we're bringing that to the data center market. So basically it's the, it will be Sonic. It's like edge core Sonic sitting on a, an edge core box um, which has been pre-packaged. Um, so you don't have to worry about licenses or, or installing software. Um, and then obviously we're, we, we can bundle in 
decks and optics or whatever is required from the from the hardware interoperability list from Edge Core that will work with Sonic. So basically, it's a one-stop shop for your Sonic devices, and 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 this is the the beauty of Sonic. This is a commercial version of Sonic. So this is Edge Core's hardened commercial version of Sonic. Um, but as we said, three, five years down the road, you can move to enterprise or you can move to the, the open source Sonic. And this is a nice segue into, into Sonic for, for guys that, yeah, wouldn't have the engineering teams that say LinkedIn and as we talked about Alibaba would have everything's prepackaged for you. It's a hardened version of software. It'll work. Well we'll be able to tell you whether it'll work for its use case for for the, the person's the customer's use case or not. And um, yeah, and then the support is provided by Edge Core for the software and the hardware. So we can be the first point of call, but basically same number to ring, same ticket to open for hardware and software. So you're getting the benefits of disaggregation and vendor, no vendor lock-in and that kind of stuff without some of the hassles that actually come with it, with trying to purchase software and hardware and, and interoperable optics and things like that separately. So yeah, it's kind of one-stop shop for, for a Sonic deployment is what the idea is. So th the last question I have for you today, and it's a question that we ask all the time in almost every episode, but in two to three years, where do you see Sonic being and what do you think the big advances are going to be? Yes, yeah, so I think in two to three years. So I, I've kind of touched on it a little bit uh, as we've been talking that I think the idea is that the community version is going to be a really workable and usable version. And then because of that and because of the way it's been built, and the access to telemetry and automation that I think we might see companies not even really providing the software. So the software is the free software, but providing an automation platform for it. And that automation and, and the support on top of that as well, because with the telemetry and the automation that you can link into Sonic with, it gives you huge visibility into the network. So if you have this telemetry and automation, and then you have your support with the same crowd that are viewing the telemetry, obviously they have better insight into what's actually happening in your network. So I can see it. So there are a few guys out there doing this. I know Aviz networks are doing this, using the community version, and then providing an automation layer on top of that. And because they're providing that layer, they have much better visibility into the network. And I can solve the problems much quicker. So I can kind of see it going down that route a little bit. Broadcom have the same. Broadcom can use more of the ASIC, so get brilliant telemetry and visibility um, of what's happening in the box and within the fabric. So yeah, I, that's where what I can see from talking to Edgecore and Broadcom and, and some of the automation guys. It seems like it it is looking that way, that it's going to be the visibility into the network that's going to make a huge addition to using the community version. So I don't know. I'm saying I hate making predictions. Two to three years, we could definitely still be looking at um, using commercial versions with an automation platform sitting above it. But I do think that maybe one cycle, one hardware cycle, which is probably three to five years, to be honest, and we will see the community version being deployed more with the kind of orchestration platform sitting above it and, and the support being provided by guys like us or Aviz Networks or I think Hedgehog, there's Dorado, there's, there's other guys out there and there's AppStar, which is owned by Juniper now, but they used to be a, a, a 
a quite a big open networking and orchestration platform. So yeah, that's that's the way I'd like to see it go as well. So yeah, hopefully three to five years, that's what we're, we're going to be looking at. Brilliant. So thanks a million, Barry, and we'll chat to you soon. Cheers, Dara. Thank you. We've covered various technologies and terms on this podcast. To our listeners, don't forget that all of the information you heard today is available on our website at epsglobal.com forward slash podcast. Until next time.